0: Survivor was the first thing I ever published with regards to my views and my experience within rape culture. When I hit publish on Tuesday, November 24th, 2020, so it feels like a hundred million years ago, it felt much more reckless than it did empowering. I had always dreamed of speaking openly about my views on healing and speaking openly about what it is that I had gone through, but I was always so afraid to do it. So, it was a complete surprise when Survivor was met with so much love and kindness and praise. And I keep thinking about how that risk in publishing Survivor ended up being a really badass mic drop. That being said, I also didn't wanna be so naive to assume that the initial success of Survivor may have just been beginner's luck. But beginner's luck or not, compared to chapter 7 and 8, Survivor now seems so vanilla. And don't get me wrong, I love vanilla. It's actually one of my favorite flavors for ice cream. And before you go ahead and label me as boring, after you've lived through the kind of seven-plus-year hell rodeo that I have lived through simple consistent and predictable flavors become incredibly comforting and really delicious to be totally honest i wasn't sure if i was going to record survivor or just leave it alone as a time capsule piece but as i got deeper and deeper into what it is that i've been waiting almost a decade to say I felt like this once reckless, now vanilla post was the perfect final segue into the final chapters of this season because it's really important for me to talk about my views on healing and what I think healing actually looks like before I attempt another mic drop. I don't know that this is actually gonna be a mic drop, to be totally honest. I think if I was dropping the mic, I would have just started with chapter seven and eight. But I actually don't really mind just placing the mic down on stage, because I don't want to shock you. I want to help you. This is Peaches, a series of essays dedicated to the things I learned while dedicating my life to never being raped again. My name is Marika Freund, and this is Chapter 6, Survivor. And just before we begin, I do want to issue a trigger warning. The subject of rape, sexual abuse, and that dark thought that can come and creep up on us after we've experienced something so horrible, I talk about that too. I do my absolute best to infuse the subject matter with hope and love and compassion. But if these subjects aren't for you today, please, you do you. You make the choices that you need to make to choose you, and to choose this beautiful life. So you do you, and hopefully we'll meet again at another time. Wow, chapter six. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new, welcome. And if you're not new, wow, double thank you. I'm so glad that you are still on this journey with me. I usually love to start these with a little ramble. And you know, this post or this podcast was originally posted online almost three years ago. And it's really interesting to come back to it. There's a few tweaks I made, some important tweaks um, to the original. So it's not verbatim. It doesn't really change the heartbeat of the, of the entire piece. But I do tackle something And I mentioned in the trigger warning that I was too afraid to bring up before. The reason I finally bring it up is because it actually has a lot to do with the next chapters, seven and eight. Um, The ones that I would have loved to have started with, but I think probably would have been a little bit too aggressive to start with. This stuff's not easy. And like I said, I just, I want to help I want to help people want to heal um, because if there's anything that I have learned on this journey that I have been on, is that a lot of people say that they want to heal, but then when they realize what kind of pile of goo you have to melt into, I feel like it's just so much easier to stay in that place of trauma because you do, you learn how to function from that place. And so this episode is really dedicated to trying to help people want to want to heal. I think that healing is just so sticky and you just have to become ugly and unrecognizable in a way that feels really vulnerable. And so I think that's why... Why we can gravitate so much to this um, this place of being a victim, and it's not to say I'm going to talk about this in the next chapter. It is really important if you have been the victim to actually get to be the victim. But I think that it's it's like a layover. It's not the final destination. It's not somewhere that you want to you want to set up camp or build a home in. It's um it's just a layover. Like you don't want to live at the airport for your whole life. And I just think that there is so much more to life than living in this place of being a victim. I think that there is a way out of it. And to me, being in that place of being a victim, it's an important layover. It's a layover you need to have in order to get to the next destination. You can't not have this layover, but it it just is the airport to me. It's where you eat. 18 hour old sushi and figure out where it is you're going to go next. And you know, at the airport you do, you like, you're gross. You want to have a shower. It is like being in the goo phase anyway. Okay. I'm just going to start. Even with everything I've been through, I just don't identify as a survivor. Let me immediately and necessarily digress. If you currently identify with this title, then please fully own it. Own it like it's a coveted designer rhinestone blazer and it's a Saturday night. I'm not here to take this title away from you. Plus, if you're wearing it just right, I might sincerely ask you where you got it and how you're able to wear it so well. Here's why. There is a time that I needed to identify as a survivor too, in order to get to the place where I am today. There is a certain kind of strength that you can derive from the title that's empowering and uplifting. It's a title that comes with a community of people who can support you and identify with what you've been through, dissipating the loneliness you once felt. Identifying as a survivor is a way to keep moving forward in the face of adversity. A way to find the courage to get up in the morning while you're working through the pain, the hurt, and the trauma. Identifying as a survivor can be the life raft that keeps you from drowning and that is really beautiful. But I am here to offer you another option. One that I don't think gets offered enough or even at all. It's the option of picking up the pieces and living a life that's better, brighter, and more magical than before the happening. A life that's even better than before you became a survivor. And believe you me, it's totally possible because from where I'm sitting right now, my life is way better than it was, than it ever was, before the first time I was raped. As an immediate disclaimer, it's not gonna feel great initially if you do decide to commit to your healing. It's gonna get messy. You will feel like a hot mess. If you are anything like me, you will be a hot mess. So some immediate advice, get a registered psychotherapist. Seriously, your friends will only be able to handle so much and you need to get it all out of your system. The option of bottling it up is just as detrimental as it is to behave like an untamed garden house. How do I know this? Well, I've done both and I've driven a lot of people away doing it. If you don't have the means to pay for therapy, there are tons of programs out there to support you and I've been a part of them. So I can tell you firsthand that they do exist and that I wish I had done it sooner. It is also my opinion that in order to truly heal, you have to fully commit to healing. Let me put it this way. Caterpillars don't become butterflies because they sort of wanted to. They build a chrysalis, become a pile of goo inside of it, and then recreate themselves into something new. That's work. So is healing. A caterpillar has to go through all of that work to become a magical creature with wings. And that's just it. The only way out is through. On the other side of goo, as a ray of sunshine to balance out my hot mess disclaimer, I still have friends. Not everyone will peace out when you decide to commit to yourself. You might want to peace out, though, but that's something we'll save for chapter seven. The friends in my life who stayed while I was in deep goo are rock solid superstars and the new friends I've made as a butterfly. So I really love being around them. But now, now that I'm on the other side of goo, I can't say that I enjoy it when people refer to me as a survivor. So why is it that I won't identify with being a survivor? I've been the caterpillar, I've been the goo. I've actually been the goo a lot. I've had a lot of failed transformations. (laughs) I've been a lot of goo is essentially what I'm trying to say. So why would I throw away a title that is supposed to represent the liberation and freedom of being a butterfly because it takes so much gosh darn work to become a butterfly? Well, for three very specific reasons. Reason one, it is my experience that by identifying as a survivor, I am also identifying as a victim, which means I'm handing my power over to the dudes who hurt me. Reason two, with everything I did to reclaim my personal power, by continuing to identify as a survivor, I am allowing what happened to me to hold power over the decisions I make in my day-to-day life, keeping me from living out my greatest hopes and dreams. And reason number three, identifying as a survivor keeps me held a prisoner in my past. And when I am a prisoner, I'm living in survival mode. Let me unpack all of this for you because it may have just been a lot. And we'll start with my first reason, that it's my opinion that by identifying as a survivor, I'm also identifying as a victim, which means I'm handing my power over to the people who hurt me. Let's just all agree with me for a hot minute about how being a survivor generally means that you had to go through something really traumatic. Now, if we look at it in terms of sexual abuse, if I identify as a survivor, then I'm agreeing that I was a victim of someone's abuse. The latter part of that sentence is absolutely true. However, every time I identify as a survivor, I'm actively bringing the aggressor into my story And agreeing to keep being a victim. And that loser, and of course, I'm referring to dude as loser with love and forgiveness in my heart. That loser doesn't get to be a part of my story ongoing. I don't want to constantly agree to living the rest of my life as a victim. I'm too awesome for that. Whether or not I have moved on from the event, I have. And whether or not I carry any resentment for dude, I don't, doesn't mean that one day we'll be holding hands and singing kumbaya around a campfire. He doesn't get to bask in any of my butterfly magic, even if it's just by association. And after everything I talked about in chapter three, I know he would probably love to assume that he was the great hand that helped transform me into the butterfly that I am today. But he didn't help to shape who I am today at all. I molded myself into this brilliant being by myself and with the help of people who weren't him. Many of the people who helped me were coaches and therapists. I had to pay using money. I worked really hard to earn. So that loser gets no credit for how hard I had to work to become who I am today. In the original version of the survivor post, I actually say, um, th- so that loser gets no credit for how hard I had to work to become the incredible person I am today instead of just who I am today. And with more growth and life experience behind me, I don't know that I really am that incredible. And I don't mean that as a put down. I just mean, I actually don't believe there's anything wrong with being ordinary. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with liking something consistent and basic like vanilla. I just think that there is something really extraordinary in being a consistent and dependable person. So maybe for saying that I am incredible, I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that I like myself. And after those dudes did what they did, I spent a long time hating myself. And if dude needs credit for something, he can have the credit for that. For breaking my spirit to the point where I had to walk myself to my doctor's office and ask for help because I was having some really negative thoughts about whether or not my life was one worth continuing. Although he's really only partially responsible for that dark period that I lived through. The other piece of that puzzle is actually what I'm going to be covering in chapter 7. And it's also something that we, as a society, never really talk about. And I think it's time. Who I am today, the person who does feel like her life is worth living, was entirely crafted by me. I created a life that I felt was worth living through making really brave and challenging choices. It wasn't a fluke or some woo-woo, everything-is-in-alignment life path experience. I had to work really hard, even when I didn't want to. And I had to work against a lot of strong, opposing forces. It was not effortless. Choosing happiness took a lot of effort. So. All of that being said, dude doesn't get to be in my story anymore. My story is my life. And just because he managed to overpower me and have sex with me against all of my wishes doesn't mean that he's become a part of me for forever. So for me, every time I refer to myself as a survivor, I call not just him back, but all of the other dudes back into my story in real time. And as I've mentioned before, there were many, unfortunately. Calling them back gives them the power that they don't deserve to have. Can I change the past? No. Am I working on it? I would love to. That's, however, not how time works, but if you found the DeLorean, please let me know. But those loser dudes don't get to be written into the current and future chapters of the illustrious hardcover single edition print of Marika's Odyssey. Their chapter is eloquently named Hades, where I leave them doing repetitive tasks that gets harder and harder to accomplish over long periods of time, peeling potatoes infinitely with a small, dull knife. Hey, let's look at it this way. French fries are amazing. And if I was carrying anger or resentment, would I actually allow someone to do a job that I actually respect? No, but in my story, they did lose their 15 minute break privileges because idle hands are the devil's workshop. I don't know, maybe that's mean, but but you know, it's just it's just a fantasy, and in the fantasy, you know, they'd live in a in the kind of universe where they didn't have to use the bathroom or something like that, you know? So it's not really that mean. It's just make-believe. What is kind of hilarious about this analogy that I created three years ago, however, is that I actually found out that I'm allergic to potatoes. I can't eat nightshades. So in some parallel universe where they don't have to use the bathroom, they must really be peeling the potatoes because every time I eat french fries, my skin breaks out with psoriasis. And I know that it's actually the chemical compound in potatoes that causes me to have the breakout. It's not because the dudes who rape me in a parallel universe are peeling potatoes. But as I was tidying up Survivor for 2023, it just seemed eerily poetic. Anyway, whatever they do do, shitty or not, They just don't get to be a part of the magical butterfly adventures that I'm creating now. So in conclusion, my first reason for not wanting to identify as a survivor is that you should never give power to anyone who did anything to try and take any of your brilliant life light away. And speaking from experience, you need all of that power to get that light back. The second point I brought up is that with everything I did to reclaim my personal power, by continuing to identify as a survivor, I am allowing what happened to me to hold power over the decisions I make in my day-to-day life, keeping me from living out my greatest hopes and dreams. And that actually includes this podcast. The person I am now has big goals, big dreams, a big vision for a more liberating future for all identifying women everywhere. I'm not interested in letting any of those go or losing my sense of self for that matter because for a long time, I did discard a part of myself in order to feel safe. I wanna let you know something really incredible about the goo phase that I hope with all sincerity will help you look forward to the healing work. When you allow yourself, and when you have the incredible privilege, to turn into a puddle of goo in a safe and contained chrysalis, you get to rediscover the brilliant parts of yourself that you forgot existed. And it's amazing. I had locked away and hid the part of myself that was charming, vivacious, flirtatious, Hilarious. I mean, whatever, you catch my drift. But I locked her away in order to feel safe. I hid her in the basement. And I really like those parts of myself, but I was taught to fear them. And I was taught to see myself as bad because I was these things. In fact, I was taught to see those character traits as validation for the dude, part of the reason why I got raped. And that's fucked up. After I did my shape-shifting, you bet I reclaimed that fun, lively, sometimes shit-disturbing part of me and integrated her back into my... new form. My new form that is not afraid to be an ordinary person. (laughs) This part of me is not only back. This part of me is what allows me to do the things that I'm doing now. This part of me gives me my competitive edge. This part of me that I hid away is my life force. So it's actually no surprise to me that I needed to walk into my doctor's office and ask for help. This part of me allows me to do some really incredible things too. And all of the ordinary stuff also. But... Incredible things like being brave enough to move to Tel Aviv without ever having been to Israel before. This part of me gives me the confidence to even talk about my political views, like I'm doing in this podcast. And this part of me allows me to go back to working as a choreographer and an actor again. But I couldn't be doing this without the person I locked in the basement. By bringing this part of me back, I get to do things differently. And you know, do things like stand up for myself. I refuse to live in a world that expects me to be a different person because I was raped, or to be a different person in order not to get raped. And if you've been with me through chapters one through five, you will know that I've tried both of these things and that they were terrible for my sense of self-worth and self-esteem. I should never have had to apologize for, and I will never again apologize for being a charismatic woman who enjoys sex. It's also not grounds for raping someone. The attractiveness of my positive life force energy, for lack of a better term, should be my greatest gift to the world. Not something I hide because some sad loser decided to force himself on me that one time. And I'm tired of allowing people to make me feel like a loser or a slut or a tease because I'm a charismatic person. And you know what? This is actually one of those moments where I will say I'm just too incredible for that bullshit. And now time for my third reason it's that identifying as a survivor keeps me held a prisoner in my past. And when I am a prisoner, I'm living in survival mode. Do I still have my moments? Yes, absolutely. I'm fucking human. All I have ever wanted was to be a gentle, loving peaceful, successful person who you never, ever, 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 ever mess with. When you live in survival mode, every day that you wake up is not a bright new beginning. Instead, every day begins with a meticulous game plan. During the hell rodeo, I didn't roll out of bed until I thought of every single worst case scenario possible. I did this because if and when it happened, I could handle it to my own satisfaction. That is, I wouldn't feel helpless. It was a really powerless way of attempting to reclaim my power. And I can tell you firsthand that activity that I just described is not empowering. In fact, it's really exhausting and it's the opposite of peaceful. It's also really challenging to recognize real love from this place. If I wake up each morning affirming that I'm a survivor, I'm taking myself right back into those hideous moments that I don't wanna give power to. I don't want to remember those losers as soon as I wake up Besides, they may have karmically ruined potatoes for me. So I'm not interested in giving them anything else. But most of all, I don't want to spend the rest of my life waking up being afraid to get out of bed in the morning. It's not okay for anyone. You can't create from this place, let alone enjoy being alive. The majority of what I hear from people who identify as survivors is that their lives have changed forever, that the way they do anything and everything now is different. This is true for me too. For me to say that I don't have relapses, that I don't still have moments of fear when I experience growth or success, that I don't get triggered by other people's traumas, those would all be lies. The big difference for me though is that I don't mourn the life I had before rape anymore. And I refuse to let any of the fears I sometimes still experience define my place in the world. I don't wanna see the world from a lens where I'm constantly having to watch my back, question people's motives, or be concerned that someone is gonna come in and destroy everything I've worked so hard to create for myself again. I'm not interested in being a survivor because it feels like I'll be living in a category that separates me from opportunity and thriving. I don't want to be powerless in a world that has made it okay for me to become a victim. Listen, I've had to cut out some people from my life, even very recently, in order to create a peaceful living environment for myself. I even just finished spending years Years being rejected by acting agents and employers, and I spent a lot of time being completely and totally misunderstood. So I was some really hot goo for a good chunk of time. But even in the goo, I didn't stop choosing to show up for myself. That's a kind of strength that. I really have to give myself credit for. I do have to give myself credit for being incredible in that regard. But I wasn't choosing to show up for myself because I saw myself as a survivor. I chose to show up for myself because I wanted more out of life, which meant that there was still a part of me that really wanted to be alive. And so I did everything I could to survive. So... I guess you could technically say that I'm a survivor. My discarding of this label is not to negate the insane amounts of life experience I have or to disregard the necessity of having a community of people who have had similar experiences. What I am saying is that it's totally possible to become a butterfly and not be able to relate to the goo anymore. There is a life beyond the goo. You can still love the goo. You don't have to continually bring the goo up over coffee. When I decided that I liked myself, and I mean that I liked myself regardless of those terrible happenings and regardless of anything that I did that I felt was impressive or gave me an iota of social status. When I decided that I liked myself and that it was okay for me to just end up being an ordinary person, that's the moment the goof phase truly ended. But it took me a while to notice it because I was too busy living to remember that I was once a very, 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 very hot mess. And who knows? I might find myself as a hot mess again someday, very soon. I probably will because I think that's just par for the course as a human being. What I will say though is that if you know someone in the goo phase and you don't know what to do, empower them, lift them up, tell them what they're good at and why they're incredible. Chances are that they're in this rut because they forgot about what made them excited to breathe. Traumatic events really deflate a person's soul. And my soul doesn't want to be labeled as anything. My soul just needs the freedom of its full expression. Sometimes my soul at its full expression is just being ordinary and wanting a cup of vanilla ice cream. If you still wanna use the word survivor, then I want you to use it and I want you to be really proud of it. Own it wear that rhinestone blazer every single freaking day of your life but I also need you to respect the fact that I am not in that place anymore it's just not a part of who I am I'm Marika Freund and I'm finally just a person who's really really excited to be alive Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end. I guess we could say that you technically survived this chapter. Or not, maybe you enjoyed the whole thing. If you liked what you heard and you'd actually like to support what it is that I'm doing, please head over to markafreund.com support as there are a few ways that you can actually contribute to help keep this podcast going. And as always, I'm wishing you only magical moments as we navigate this incredibly intense planet that we all live on.